time for our children to head off for Children's Church. Otherwise known as the Stampede. Our epistle lesson is from Hebrews, and it's the first three verses of the 11th chapter, and then skipping all the by faiths, uh, jumping over to the 12th chapter and doing verses 1 through 3. Uh, listen now for God's words to you. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. By faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that were not visible. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. This is the word of the Lord. We begin today this... Uh, second to the last of the fruit of the Spirit called faithfulness. Like so many of the other words that Paul has designated as spiritual fruit, faithfulness has a broad array of meaning. We have some idea what faithfulness might look like. I look out this morning and I see faithfulness. You're here on a rainy Sunday. You could have stayed home. Or we think about that covenant relationship when two people commit together to share their lives. Sometimes we call it marriage. And we also know what that looks like when it is not there. We begin to understand faithful or loyal when we think about God or church or sometimes country or maybe even our favorite sports team. And while those give us some indication of what faithfulness might be, I suspect that we instinctively know that what Paul is talking about here is deeper and it's more complex than those ideas of faithfulness. You see, we often bestow on faithfulness a sort of an unchanging attitude. Faithfulness equals consistency or constancy. The faith we start with today or the attitudes we have today will always be the same. That's being faithful. And it can be. We know that. There is absolutely a place for constancy within our faith. But I'm not so sure that it is always about constancy. We speak of God being the same yesterday, today, and forever, but who among us is God? Right? 
What if being faithful demands that we grow, change, change our minds, learn more deeply and more passionately what it means to be faithful? Life, we're told, is a journey. It starts at birth, it ends at death. We start as children with little, if any, knowledge of where we will be or who we will be or what we will do as this life progresses. All we know is that life moves forward and we change and we are changed by events. That's what life is. As people of faith, however, we also know that God is the author and the perfecter of this journey called life. The God who was with us at birth walks with us through life. We sing about it all the time. His providential care molds life and then He receives us when this journey of life is over. Most of us have very little difficulty in thinking about life as journey. But do we ever think about faith and faithfulness as journey? So often we see faith as static, setting concrete, unchanging. Faith doesn't change, we're apt to say. I believe today what I was taught a long time ago. Or who among us have not heard somebody lament, I just don't have the faith I used to. But you know what? I am thankful that for most of us, faith and faithfulness can change. I have been a Christian for as long as I can remember. I have been a minister of Word and Sacrament for 37 years, and I'm glad to say I don't have the faith I used to have. Thank God it's changed, it's grown, it's different. That's not a negative. My faith, my trust, and remember, that's what the core of faith is. It's not belief, it's trust. My faith in Jesus Christ is different today than it was when I was 18. And I suspect it'll be different in another 10 years. Not better, but deeper. And maybe that is better. Certainly stronger than it was in the past. Now, okay, core things within the faith don't change. We understand that. But maybe one of the most positive things we can ever say to each other is that we can change and grow. And our faithfulness can become more tomorrow than it was today. See, faith like life is a journey. We begin with some rudiments of what uh, faith might be, whether it's a set of doctrines or whether it is that trust that grows out of a relationship. Uh, understandings that grow. But a growing faith is never a static faith. A growing faithfulness doesn't pretend to have all the answers. If we come to church and we think we're going to hear everything we need to know on a single Sunday morning, we're deluding ourselves. First of all, I don't know it. How can I tell it to you? It's a growing thing. And a growing faithfulness doesn't have all the answers either. It has more to do with who we know, i.e. Jesus, 
than it does with what we do. It has more to know, it has more to do with who loves us than it has to do with how deep and how correct are all the various pieces of our understanding of theology. Some of you have read your little book that we're engaging in in this study. I hope you have. If you have, then you'll recognize this quotation from Madeline Lingle. She says, those who believe that belief in God, but without passion in the heart, without anguish of the mind, without uncertainty, without doubt, and even at times without despair, only believe in the idea of God, not in God himself. Faithfulness is following God even when it doesn't necessarily seem to make the best sense. Wow. The author of Hebrews reminds us faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. By faith our ancestors received approval. And if you go down into the text between the part I read, it is name after name after name beginning in the very beginning with Abraham, who by faith did, who by faith did, who by faith did. We often make faith sound like it's a set of rules. You believe all these things and these rules and you'll be okay. Or we make faithfulness sound like it's something we can strive for and reach down and pull it up out of ourselves. It's a set of teeth-clenched endurance and we will force ourselves to be faithful. No. Faith and faithfulness is always a gift. It originates with God or it doesn't originate in us at all. You don't earn faith It is a growing relationship whereby we begin to develop that almost childlike relationship with God. It's about trusting in the eternal God, not having to trust in our limited understanding. Because our understanding is always going to be limited. Of course it grows and it matures over the years. That's what we want, right? Of course, our beliefs grow firmer over time. But primarily, that has to do with trusting God, which, after all, is what faith is. You see, so much of the Bible is concerned with people who are on a journey. When the Bible begins in Genesis, it is settled in a grand and glorious garden But it doesn't take but a few verses until we discover that they're not going to be allowed to stay in this garden because sin itself has entered the world and now it is time to begin a journey. A journey often fraught with difficulty. Human life, it appears, was not destined for this tame, ordered, settled, safe affair. Life and faith demand movement and growth and change. Several years ago, it's probably been close to 20 years, a fellow by the name of Marcus Borg, and most of you probably never heard of him, was with a group called the Jesus Seminar. Maybe you've heard that. 
Well, most of us would have some very critical things to say about the Jesus Seminar. We won't go into that. But Borg has allowed God to continue to work and change his life and in many ways helped him move toward a greater faithfulness. After 20 years, he has written, and now it's an older book. This all goes back several, several years ago. Entitled, Needing, a G- Needing Jesus Again for the First Time. And as he implies, Borg says he met Jesus, he met him in church, he met him as a set of ideas, some of which he had real difficulty affirming. And he struggled with those. And yet later in life he came to see that Jesus is not a set of beliefs, not an opinion, but a person who could be known and who could be trusted. That is the core of faithfulness, of faith itself. Now, Borg is going to argue in the book, and I see a nodding head or two, so some of you have read this, that throughout the Bible there are what he refers to as macro stories, and they're always journey stories. The first one is Abraham and Sarah, who journey from a place they know not to where they go. And God leads them there and establishes what will become the people of Israel. It's not just a new location. It is a new understanding of who God is. The second one is found when God leads his people out of Egypt. And Moses, as we know, becomes the one who's responsible for that. And it also is not just a journey from one place to another but from one understanding of God to a deeper commitment to God. And then later, Borg would say that in the Old Testament there is a third great journey, and it is the journey back from exile from the Babylonians and the Assyrians, where once again it's not just movement from place to place, but from a set of understandings to a deeper trust in the God who has led them through the years. The scripture is filled with this vision of the God who beckons, who calls us forth, who evokes, who pushes his people to engage even when we don't want to. And that's what the New Testament means when it talks about discipleship. Discipleship in the New Testament doesn't really mean a student of a teacher. It means to follow after. It is to walk along the way with Jesus. That's not a bad journey to take, but it may be a hard journey. When the Gospels organize this story about Jesus... Have you noticed that it's almost always a a story about movement, about journey? Jesus starts off in this place and he teaches or he performs a miracle and he moves to somewhere else and he does the same thing and he moves to somewhere else. That's the way the Gospels are laid out. Think about your own relationship with Jesus Christ. There's something in us that wants to settle down, to get it right and to put down roots and to stay right here and never move. 
that's not the way it worked with Jesus himself. He was always on the move. To be a disciple is a call to faithfulness, but it means to be moving and changing and discovering new things. Do you think the disciples understood as much about Jesus on the day he called them to put out their fishing nets as they understood when they met him after the road to Emmaus? Of course not. Of course not. To be a disciple is to be undertaking a journey toward faithfulness. Ernst Kazemann is a modern theologian, and he says, If I had no other faith to live by, yet I should live and believe in him, meaning Jesus, as one single beam of his light in our existence is more important than the full sun of anybody's orthodoxy. For what is decisive for all time is not how much we have believed, but how much we have believed and followed, however little we've understood. The journey with Jesus to be faithful means sure listening to his teachings. But it also means listening and not always understanding. Not always getting it. Not always being able to measure up to what we do understand. Sometimes we will fall short. Sometimes, like disciples we can name, we will deny and maybe even betray that's part of the risk of being faithful. And this journey with Jesus, whether we want it to be or not, is always about risk. Doesn't that seem at least a little bit the way your life has gone? Isn't it in the midst of great turmoil, those things that seem to want to tear our world apart that we have the opportunity for faith to be deepened the most understanding to go further than it has gone before those things that would assault our understanding and our trust in God have a way of pushing us deeper into God's arms even when at first we don't think it is it is only as we live and grow by God's grace through those tough events of life that we see and can understand what we sang a minute ago. God is always faithful. If you hadn't been through the tough stuff, how do you know God is always faithful? We know it because we've been there. It's not surprising that today's lesson from Hebrews talks about faith, not as a set of propositions to be affirmed, not as a questions to answers, but as trusting God to lead us as we walk a journey. Venturing forth with God, just like Abraham and Sarah, not fully knowing where we will end up. And if we want to relate to Jesus, if we as a church wish to truly be faithful, then we have to be courageous enough to go with Jesus into a future that we may not see where it's going to be. 
we may not understand where the last step will take us because we just don't have the ability to see that deeply. But we trust that Jesus is the one who's taking us there. That is really hard when you're part of the institutional church. Churches, by their very nature, especially in the Western world, we want to build buildings. We want to do the things that tie it down, that lock it in place, that never changes. One of the great examples of the church has always been a sailing ship. You remember that from Scripture? Come on, somebody nod. Surely you remember that from Scripture. Well, a sailing ship and often a ship caught in a storm. How many things stay tied down on the deck when the ship is in a storm? It's not a matter of what goes over the side. It's a matter of the ship carrying us to safety. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that's why we use that passage on All Saints Day, coming up in about a month, a little less than that now, half a month, because we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin that sings so closely and run with perseverance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith you want to know about faithfulness that's it it's about taking the journey in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen